Alhamdulillah wakafa Wassalamun ala ibadihi alladhi nastafa Amma ba'd Fa'audhu billahi min shaitan al-rajim Bismillahirrahmanirrahim Walladhi najahadu fina lanahdiyannahum subulana Subhan rabbika rabbil izzati amma yasifun Wassalamun ala al-mursalin Alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen Allahumma salli ala sayyidina Muhammad وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم when an individual wants to describe something of extreme or enormous caliber, quantity, size, they often have to compare it with something else in order to better explain it. So when a human being, they want to try to describe something that has substantial, that is of substance, quantity, they often have to compare it with something that equates to it so that a person can better understand what it is that they're describing. So, for instance, if a person wants to describe how much pain they're in, someone comes in to the physician's office and says that they have a severe migraine. And you ask them, how bad is your migraine? And they'll say, oh, it's, it's really bad, it's terrible. How bad is it? It feels like someone's taking, taken a bowling ball and dropped it on my head. Someone's taking a, a nail and, and hammering it in with a hammer just repeatedly into the right side of my head. That's how severe my migraine is. It's not actually happening. No one actually dropped a bowling ball on their head and no one is hammering away at their head with a hammer. But this is the way they're able to convey to the physician how severe their pain is. This is also used sometimes to express emotion. Someone wants to describe to someone how much they love them. They'll use different terminology and they'll compare it to other things that are perhaps completely unrelated. Someone says, oh, I love you. How much do you love me? I love you a lot. How much is a lot? I love you to the moon and back. What does that mean? The person's trying to explain to them that their love for them is so severe, is so strong, that it's equivalent in size or in quantity to the distance between here the moon and back even a child does this sometimes my daughter will she's only three years old and she's two and she'll come to me and she'll say I love you and I say how much do you love me and she says I love you this much this much I'm trying to quantify something she'll use some analogy This, how could you love this isn't something that can be loved right this is uh, space but yet she, this is her way of describing how much she uh, how strong this emotion is this is just a common 
quality of human beings. We do this all the time to describe things of substance, of size, whether it be quantity, whether it be severity, whether it be emotion, whether it be uh, speed, whatever it might be. It's very commonly used. And it's an effective way to communicate something. In describing paradise, Jannah, the Prophet also uses similar analogies. The everything of Jannah, the experiences, the size, the emotions that are involved, everything in Jannah is so severe that it can only be explained to the human mind, which is limited, which is finite, which has a limited ability to comprehend, to understand. The Prophet ﷺ has to use analogies to explain this. One hadith the Prophet ﷺ says that in Jannah, there will be a tree. And that tree will be so large, so wide, that if a swift horse, a swift horse were to try to traverse it, try to run across it, it would take a swift horse 100 years to cross that tree. 100 years. The Prophet is trying to give us an idea of how vast Jannah is. How vast Jannah is. And so he's using an analogy to explain it to us. A swift horse, anyone knows, travels, can travel at the speed of up to 55 miles an hour. 50 miles an hour, let's say. If a horse is, a swift horse is traveling at a speed of 50 miles an hour, and then you multiply that by 24 hours, you multiply that by 30 days in a month, you multiply that by 12 months in a year, and then you multiply that by 100 years, that horse will have traveled about 43, 45 million miles. 45 million miles. This is a Sahih Hadith narrated by the Prophet. 45 million miles. And if you divide that by the circumference of the earth, the circumference of the earth, it equates to roughly 1,700 earths. 1,700 earths. Think about this for a moment. This isn't the size of Jannah. This is the size of one tree in Jannah. Imagine how vast it must be. Imagine how vast it must be. In another hadith, the Prophet ﷺ says that a person that everyone, every time a person says one subhanallah, recites one subhanallah, a tree is planted for them in Jannah. Now we don't know the size of that tree, but one subhanallah plants a tree in Jannah. And one tree, at least one tree that we know of is in Jannah, is... 43 or 40 some odd million miles in uh, in diameter or in width amazing 
amazing. The Prophet says in another hadith that he knows about the last person to, en to, to enter Jannah. So what will happen, we talked about judgment. Eventually everybody will be placed in their respective Jannah or Jahannam. So the people that believed in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that were people that were striving for taqwa, etc., they'll be placed into Jannah. And then there will be the people that disbelieved in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and those people will be placed <coughs> in Jahannam. And then there will be a group of people who believed in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala but yet lived a life of transgression against Allah. They believed in Him, they believed in His oneness, they recognized Him. But perhaps they made mistakes along the path, along the way. And so they will have to spend a period of time in the fire of hell. And through the fire of hell, their bodies will be purified of that filth that they had accumulated. And then once they've become pure through that punishment, then they'll make their way to Jannah. So there will be a subset of people that will have to do this. We don't know how many. But we do know that the last person to exit from Jahannam and then be invited to our Jannah will be called by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the Prophet says that that person will be told that you're done with your time over there. You can proceed to our Jannah. So that individual will enter into Jannah and they'll look around Jannah and they'll begin to see that all of the spaces in Jannah are filled all of the spaces in Jannah are filled I think there's no room for me where am I supposed to go all the people that came before me that were deserving of Jannah or that earned Jannah through whichever way they're already there they've taken up all the places it's completely occupied and that person will come back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and they'll say to Allah oh Allah I went into Jannah like you had asked me to like you had instructed me to but it's completely full it's completely full what do I do Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says go back inside go and look again that person goes and looks around and again he sees that it's completely filled up there's no space for him or her comes back out to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and says oh Allah it's completely full so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Okay, for you, you will get the reward in Jannah, the equivalent of ten times the world and whatever it contains. Ten times the world and whatever it contains. For the last person that will be entering into Jannah, that person will be shocked bewildered Allah are you being serious are you joking with me and you are the Lord or you are my Lord how is it that I you know perhaps the least deserving person of all of the inhabitants of Jannah all of the prophets that are there all of the awliya of Allah that are there the siddiqeen that are there, the shuhada that are there, all those people of taqwa that are there, that strive, they put in effort, they put in time, they work toward developing themselves, they work toward pleasing their creator, they work toward mimicking the Prophet and all of the prophets that came, and all of those people that are in Jannah, 
they're there. I'm the last person. I'm the least deserving person to enter into Jannah. And you are telling me that I have the equivalent of 10 times the entire world, this world, and everything it contains as my space or as my place in Jannah. This is what you get. Amazing. The last person that enters Jannah gets 10 times the world and whatever it contains. Think about the first few people that enter Jannah and what they must get. Think about the next batch of people that enter into Jannah and how amazing their reward must be. If we were to get even a part of this world as our Jannah, that would be sufficient. Think about it. No matter how wealthy you are in this world, no matter how much you own, no matter how much power you have, no matter how much popularity you have, no matter how much people follow you, no matter how much people worship you, no matter how much people desire to be like you, no matter what it is, no matter how much wealth you have, there's only a limited amount of space that you can possess in this world. Someone that has a tremendous amount of wealth, let's say the person that is a billionaire for instance, or let's say a millionaire for instance, that person over the course of their lifetime may be able to accumulate a set number of homes, a set number of space, but that person will never own a city. They'll never be able to purchase a city. They will most certainly never be able to purchase an entire country. And there's no way that they could become the owner of this world. This is not possible. It doesn't matter how much wealth they have. It doesn't matter how much authority they have. That person will never be able to reach that degree of... Uh, 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 will never be able to reach or attain that much in this world. It's just not possible. And if you were to look at the average person, the average person like you and I, if we are lucky, if we are lucky, at some point in our life, we might own one home. Most people won't even come to that point in this world. But if we are lucky, we'll be able to own one home in this world, one house. If we are extremely fortunate, extremely fortunate, then maybe we'll be able to purchase a second home. And there may be a select few group of people that Allah Ta'ala gives wealth to that may purchase a third home or a fourth home, but they are so few and far in between. But no one will ever purchase anything more than that. No one can purchase Lake Michigan. No individual is going to purchase a country. It's not possible. And there's no way anyone's going to be able to purchase or own the world. Now the least deserving person to enter Jannah gets what? Ten times this world and every single thing it contains. Amazing. Even if we were to say that the least deserving person in Jannah would get what they have in this world. Let's say that person had owned one building or one home in this world and that person would then get one equivalent sized home in Jannah and they would be there for all of eternity that would be sufficient. Why? Because it's eternity ultimately anyway. They would still be able to experience the happiness of Jannah, the bliss of Jannah, the foods of Jannah, etc, etc, etc. But yet, Allah Ta'ala in the hereafter for His believers will not hold back. He will not hold back. Whatever you can imagine, that'll be there for us in Jannah. If the least deserving person can get ten times what the world contains, what about everyone else that's that are the inhabitants of Jannah? Every 
property in Jannah is valuable. The Prophet ﷺ said in another hadith, again, using an analogy to explain something that otherwise our minds wouldn't be able to understand. It's just, you can't fathom these things. When we, we've talked for the last 24 hours about the grave, we've talked about death, we've talked about uh, the day of judgment. These are concepts that the mind, the intellect, it cannot compute, it cannot calculate. There's no way. There's no way that the human mind can calculate how large Jannah must be. So as a result, the Prophet ﷺ has to use something that's tangible so that we're able to understand it in at least some way, shape, or form. So the Prophet ﷺ has to say that a horse, a swift horse, have to travel for a hundred years in order for us to understand at least some component of Jannah. There's no other way for us to understand it. The Prophet ﷺ has to tell us about this person who's the last person to enter Jannah, that he will get ten times the, what the world contains. Why? So that we can perhaps understand in some way, shape, or form what the reality is of the hereafter. There's no way for us to comprehend it otherwise. Jannah is so vast. The Day of Judgment is so long. The time in the grave... Is, is what it is There's no way for us to compute and calculate these things It's a completely different scheme altogether The human brain doesn't have the ability to do so The Prophet ﷺ says in another hadith That the That one uh, That the portion of a bow So bow and arrow The portion of a bow Between the middle and the end That segment of a bow In Jannah Is more valuable Than every single thing that this world contains Think about it for a moment. What That segment of a bow, it's just a few inches, six inches or 12 inches of space in Jannah is more valuable, more precious, meaning there's more benefit, more, more happiness can be experienced with it, more pleasures will be experienced from that six inches of a bow in Jannah than anything that a person can possibly interact with in this world. This is what the hereafter is about. This is what we're dealing with. And that's just size that we're talking about. We've only touched the surface, we've only scratched the surface of what we've been told about the pleasures of Jannah. What about time? I mean, has anyone ever been able to calculate what time must be like there? In this world, we live for 60 or 70 years, and some, for some people, it feels like a, an eternity. It feels like a very long time. You know, you tell someone that they have to. For instance, they're engaged, and the families decide that they're going to get married after a year's worth of time. And for the potential spouse and groom, this feels like an eternity. A year's worth of time feels like an eternity. Just a year's worth of time feels like forever for those people. Now, how would you translate that into time in the hereafter? How could you even compare the 50 or 60 or 70 years that we're going to be in this world? Or for some of us, 10 years or 20 years or 30 years that we're going to be here in this world. How could you even compare that with time in the hereafter? There is no concept of time in the hereafter. It's eternity. Eternity meaning it's infinite. Time never ends. We will be there forever. Which is why Allah Ta'ala says in the Qur'an, that the people of taqwa, of piety, that worked toward righteousness in this world, they will be called toward Jannah in groups, zumara, in large groups. And when they come toward Jannah, 
فُتِحَتْ أَبْوَابُهَا The doors of Jannah are flung open. وَقَالَ لَهُمْ خَزَنَتُهَا And the guardians of Jannah, the keepers of Jannah, the ones who are opening those doors and, and seeing who's coming in and out, they say, طِبْتُمْ Congratulations. You've made it. You've succeeded. فَدْخُلُوهَا So enter. Enter here. You've succeeded. Good work. You put in time. You put in effort. You focus on what mattered in this world. You eliminated the distractions of this world. You made Allah Ta'ala your focus in life. Congratulations. طِبْتُمْ فَدْخُلُوهَا Enter into this garden. خَالِدِينَ Forever. Forever. Not for 10 years. Not that you put in 60 years of effort in this world, you should get 60 years of reward in the hereafter. No. Not that you put in 50 years of effort in this world, you should get, let's say, twice that, 100 years of reward in the hereafter. No. They say, طِبْتُمْ فَدْخُلُوهَا خَالِدِينَ Enter into paradise forever. Forever. There's no way we can even understand the concept of time in the hereafter. There's size. Then there's time. And then there's emotion. How could you compute the degree of happiness of Jannah? How is it even possible? Our experience of pleasure in this world is so limited. It's so limited. Someone who's been craving you know, a Chicago-style pizza for six months, they've been waiting for this. And eventually you bring it before them. And they've been craving it. They've been thinking about what it must be like. And they're hungry. They haven't eaten in a day. And you bring it to them and you, and you have them eat. They eat the first slice. Delicious. Second slice, enjoying it. Third slice, they're enjoying it. Fourth slice, oh, they're starting to get full. Fifth, fifth slice, I don't think I can take anymore. And tell them, look, I have three more boxes coming up. Enjoy it. This is what you've been waiting for. You waited for so long to indulge in this. Enjoy it. A person can't enjoy beyond just a few slices of pizza. It's a hot summer day. You've been playing basketball for three hours and someone brings ice cold gallon of Gatorade and says, here, drink. And you look at it and you say, wow, I'm going to enjoy this. You drink a glass, you might drink another cup, a third cup, and then you tell the person, no, 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 you have to finish it. I brought six gallons of this, you have to finish it all. And they're going to say, absolutely not. Wait, what do you mean absolutely not? You enjoyed it, you, you wanted this, it's such a hot day, you deserve it, you were thirsty, you, you, this is what was going to bring you happiness, drink up. But you can only drink a certain amount, and that's the extent of your... Uh, that's the extent of happiness that you can experience. That's the extent of ex- that's the extent of taste that a person can experience. You know, excitement, the emotion of excitement. What must it be like in Jannah? Happiness is limited in this world, and in in Jannah, it's unlimited. Excitement is limited in this world. In Jannah, it's unlimited. You know, if you were to tell a person that there's a brand new roller coaster that opened up at Cedar Point, and it's the fastest, tallest roller coaster that anyone's ever made, it'll be the ride of your life, and a person will sit on that ride, and they'll go through it, and they'll be, you know, excited throughout. And it'll just be the most amazing experience for them. They'll ride that roller coaster three, four, five minutes, they'll come back, and, they'll, and you'll ask them, how was it? And they'll say, that was just amazing. 
that was such an amazing experience. It was the ride of my life. And say, oh, okay, great. You know what? You get to go on again. Say, okay, I'll go again. And they'll go again and they'll enjoy it. And they say, oh, no, no, how was it? It was great. Go again. And then they'll go again for a third time on that ride. And say, you know what? You don't have to even get off this ride. You get to ride this roller coaster a hundred more times. A hundred more times you get to ride this roller coaster. The person will say, no, 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 I've had it. I'm done. Look, I was, that was exciting. But this has met the, the limit of my excitement. Every emotion in this world is limited. Whether it be happiness, whether it be taste, whether it be excitement, you know, whether it be... Uh, enthusiasm whether it be you know the thrill of, of something you know you watch your your favorite team in in this world you fa- your favorite basketball team they're in the finals it's game seven they you know they're down by two there's three seconds left and your star player knocks down a three at the buzzer and they win it and you're just screaming tears are flowing from your eyes you're hugging everyone around you high-fiving everyone you're so excited you're so enthusiastic we think that this is where True thrill lies. And then that happens again the year after, and then the year after, and then the year after, and by the fourth or fifth time, you're going to say, I don't even care about this anymore. I experienced that thrill the first time. Maybe the second time this you know, evoked some emotion within me. But by the fourth time, the fifth time, and certainly by the 50th time, that same player shoots that same three, no matter if it was game seven or what, of what finals. It's no longer going to excite you. It's limited. The experience of thrill in this world is limited. Every experience and every emotion in this world is only able to fall within a particular spectrum. But I promise you, the Prophet promises you, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala promises you that the experiences in Jannah are far beyond our imagination. Nothing even compares. Nothing even compares. The size of Jannah, the tastes of Jannah, the smells of Jannah, the experience in Jannah, the emotions in Jannah, the happiness in Jannah, the thrills of Jannah. That's true happiness. That's true happiness. This is what we strive for. This is what we live for. We live to earn our spot in Jannah. It seems at times when we're in this world, that we're here for some other purpose. But it's times like this, where we are in the month of Ramadan, distractions are removed from our life, we're in the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we're putting a little bit of effort that things are clear for us. And what should be clear for us, more than anything in this world, is that the hereafter is real, Jannah is our destination, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is our goal. When we think we've met the most, when we've experienced the most pleasure in Jannah, after everyone in Jannah has been situated, everyone's seen how vast Jannah is, the trees of Jannah, the, 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 the tastes of Jannah, the fruits of Jannah, the homes of Jannah, and everyone is situated where they need to be situated, and everyone is, is, is ecstatic with what they have. The people of Jannah will be asked, is there anything else that you can wish for? You've experienced everything. And everyone will now at this point realize that the experiences of the past world were just, uh, were just a complete deception. I mean, what, what was the taste of the world compared to taste of Jannah? This is far better than this. 
the, the experience of, of happiness is so much better than the experience of happiness in that world. Everyone will have already experienced this and it will be asked of the people of Jannah, is there anything else, anything more that you can even think of that you would want? You've gotten everything. Is there anything else that you could even imagine wanting? The people of Jannah will say, how could there be anything else? How could there be anything else? You've given us everything. And then it will be at that time that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will reveal himself to the people of Jannah crystal clear like the full moon and the vision of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on that day at that time will be unlike even the extreme experiences of Jannah this is what we live for we're here for Allah We are His servants. We are His. He brought us here. He created us. He's given us everything. And all He's asking from us is that we turn back to Him, recognize His greatness. and look forward to meeting him. There's nothing here. This world is just this deception. The reality is the hereafter. The reality is Jannah. The reality is the day of judgment. This is why we were created. This is our purpose. And our hope and desire is that one day we will get to meet our Lord and it will be the happiest experience of our life. Don't be worried. The journey to the hereafter might sound frightening, our meeting with the angel of death might worry us, the time that we have to spend in our grave might frighten us the resurrection on the day of judgment may create anxiety within us but we are Allah's
He'll take care of us. He's taking care of us here. He'll take care of us there. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant you an added tawfiq to experience the tastes, the smells, the sights of Jannah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us from amongst the special group of people that receive the glad tidings from the guardians of Jannah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us from any challenges, any difficulties in this world, any challenges and any difficulties in our meeting at the time of our death any challenges and any difficulties in our grave and the day of judgment and accept us into his gardens without any accounting.